0: You are listening to Reach MD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. How do we go about perceiving and interpreting meaning in our daily lives? This cognition is the basis of cognitive therapy as well as a totally new approach to weight loss. How can cognitive therapy help achieve weight loss and the all important maintenance that goes along with it? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell. Joining me today is Dr. Judith Beck, Director of the Beck Institute for Cognitive Therapy and Research. She is Clinical Associate Professor of Psychology and Psychiatry at University of Pennsylvania. Dr. Beck is also the author of The Beck Diet Solution. Dr. Beck, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Can we start with a simple explanation for our audience? What is exactly cognitive therapy?
1: Cognitive therapy is a short-term form of psychotherapy that focuses on helping people solve their everyday problems, the problems they're having this week, and teaching them certain skills so that they can see their experience more realistically, behave more helpfully, and uh, therefore feel better emotionally.
0: So it helps them become aware.
1: It does, and it also helps them then implement solutions to problems, helps them reach their goals.
0: Not only know thyself, but change thyself.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: How have you been able to apply this specifically to the weight loss field?
1: Well, I've recently written a book called The Beck Diet Solution, and in it is a six-week program in which dieters learn a different cognitive thinking or behavioral skill every day. And it's these skills which allow people not only to lose weight but also to keep it off. There are some people who can just sit down at the piano for the first time and actually teach themselves how to play, Mm -hmm. but most people can't, and it's the same with dieting. People may be able to change their behavior short term and lose some weight, but unless they really learn certain skills, they're just not going to be able to keep it off, and these skills are not intuitively obvious.
0: Dr. Beck, there are probably 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 diet books out there, and as far as I know, diets don't work. So I'm hoping there's something in this book in addition to a diet, that the solution goes beyond the actual diet.
1: Actually, there's no diet in the book. Good, The book says you choose whatever healthy, nutritious diet you want, because I found that people really respond to different kind of diets, but it does have to be very healthy and very nutritious. People do have to eat at a minimum three meals a day, and then one, two, or three snacks, and, and they have to really get the most for their calories. So you have to start with a very healthy diet. What the book does is really to teach you how to stick to a diet. So, for example, on day one, you write down all of the advantages of losing weight. Most people can come up with 15 or 20 of them. I want to look better. I want to feel better about myself. I want to be healthier. I want to have more energy. I want to be more attractive and so forth. They need to write these reasons down on a piece of paper, and they need to read this list every single day for a very long time, but they also need to pull it out at difficult times during the day. So if they usually have a craving for a snack at 4 o'clock and they're not scheduled to have one, they need to pull it out so they can remind themselves, yes, I would rather forego the momentary pleasure of eating these chocolate chip cookies because I would rather have all these advantages. So that's just one example of what dieters need to do to motivate themselves every single day.
0: How does the book and what's in the book differ from, let's say, what would happen at an Overeaters Anonymous meeting where people are actually learning the reason they are using food is to cope, to soothe themselves for either exciting feelings or sad feelings?
1: People eat for many reasons. So they eat when they're upset, they eat when they're happy, they eat when they're tired, they eat when they're bored, they eat when they see good-looking food around, they eat because others are eating. People eat for an enormous number of reasons, and I found it is much more helpful to teach people how to stick to a plan than to look for why they're eating. If it's not time to eat, you need to learn the skill of pulling out a card that reminds you not to eat and what the consequence will be of eating. And what will be the consequence of not eating? And you need to prepare. You need to learn these skills in advance. You know, when people first start dieting, it's usually pretty easy. They're usually pretty motivated, and it's easy for them to change their behavior. What they don't know is that it gets harder for everyone, and it either happens within days or weeks or months when dieting gets much harder. And the thesis of the book is that you've got to prepare yourself for these difficult times. In fact... I don't even suggest that people start restricting their eating until day 15. They really need the first two weeks to learn 14 skills before they're ready to restrict their eating.
0: When we talk about dieters that regularly fail, what is it that is unique about these people compared to the ones that are successful?
1: Well, first of all, most people do fail, so (laughs) they're in good company. Mm -hmm. Uh, The ones who are successful have really changed their thinking. The ones who are successful understand, for example, that hunger is not an emergency, that just because they feel like eating doesn't mean that they should eat, that understand that they can have a good time celebrating without having very much food. They understand that restriction is necessary, that they can't eat what they want, when they want, and be thinner. It's an absolute choice. They just can't have it both ways. So successful dieters and maintainers have learned these kind of ideas. Unsuccessful dieters and uh, maintainers usually have ideas like it's terrible to be hungry, if I'm hungry I should definitely eat, Uh, it's okay to eat if other people are eating or if I'm celebrating or if it's a special occasion or if I'm upset. Uh, So unsuccessful dieters have all kinds of ideas that get in the way of being able to make permanent behavioral changes.
0: I'm thinking about a more complicated case I saw in my practice of a young Lady who was very attractive but extremely overweight. And I asked her uh, over time, you know, why why are you in this state of health? And she answered, she said, I am afraid to lose weight because I was sexually assaulted when I was younger. And I I feel that this weight protects me. If I was to lose this weight, I might put myself in a situation again where the same thing's going to happen. This is a very more complicated case than I would imagine most people have, but I don't know how cognitive therapy would help this patient.
1: Now I would switch more to standard cognitive therapy than cognitive therapy for dieting and put off the dieting uh, either for a period of time or forever because it's really going to be the patient's choice as to whether she has that as a goal. But I would want to find out from her what specifically is she afraid is going to happen. She probably has some vision in her mind of being slimmer and then being attacked. Mm -hmm. So I'd want to find out what that vision is and how does she foresee that happening? What are the steps that would lead up to that? And I'd want to find out how realistic are all of these uh, steps. Is it likely that this will happen? And if it does happen, how likely is it that the next step would happen and so forth? I'd also want to find out how she might be different at this age from how she was when she was younger. And does she have some safety nets now? Does she have resources? Does she have internal resources that she could call upon? Could she protect herself better? And and most of all, what is the overall likelihood that she would be attacked this time? Most women are not attacked. So is there something different about her? She probably has certain beliefs about being vulnerable that I would need to help her evaluate and respond to. I would try to get her over her fear of mm-hmm. being uh, molested in the future. Once she was over the fear, then I would look at, with her at the advantages and disadvantages of losing weight and let it be up to her.
0: Good answer. I like that. So forget about the diet for now. That's really not the issue. Right. Focus on her underlying problem and probably the rest would follow.
1: Exactly. I have to say that she's probably in a minority. Most most people don't have those kind of fears and they can just go right ahead and learn the skills.
0: Let's get back to the average person who is trying to diet, trying to lose weight. You mentioned that you have a a mantra or something that you give to patients that they say daily. So uh, let's say I am overweight, I wake up in the morning, what is the first thing I say to myself?
1: Well, you pull out your list of reasons to lose weight and you think about how important each one is to you. So it's not enough just to read it, you really want to reflect on it. Then either the night before or that morning, you write out what you're going to eat for the day. And you also make sure you have your cards with you. The cards are all of the things that uh, you need to remember during the day. And so it depends on the individual, but one card might say, just because I'm hungry doesn't necessarily mean I should eat. Hunger is never an emergency. I've already proved to myself that I can uh, skip a meal and survive. And if I allow myself to be hungry, I'm going to find out in 10 or 15 minutes that actually the hunger goes away completely. It may come back a little bit again, but it, uh, hunger always goes away. So... If uh, the dieter was really afraid of being hungry, then this would be an important card for her or him to read every morning and then pull out at times during the day when he or she is hungry.
0: What kind of research have you done showing that this type of program actually works for losing the weight and maintaining it off?
1: There was a study that was done in 2005 in Sweden in which patients lost an average of 17 pounds in 10 weeks of treatment. And a year and a half later, they had not only, on average, maintained that loss, but lost about five pounds more. Now, this was as compared to a control group. This was a randomized controlled trial. So The people who were on the waiting list over these 10 weeks plus, 18 months more, actually gained weight during that period.
0: How many people were in the trial?
1: There were uh, about 100 people in the trial. and was about evenly divided between the treatment group with cognitive therapy and the control waiting list group.
0: Do you think we could repeat that in the United States, or is there something unique about the Swedes?
1: Oh, no. I think it would, it would definitely be translatable to the United States. I think uh, If anything, people here in the United States are much more desperate to lose weight, perhaps, even than in Sweden.
0: If we have a listener who wants to recommend this to their patients, where can they go? Can you give the plug of the website?
1: Uh, www.beckdietsolution.com
0: Last night, my wife was watching uh, some crap on TV. I think it was a Paris Hilton reality show where she deals with uh, very overweight women, trying to get them to lose weight, and all I saw was her shaming them into losing weight, and I don't think it worked very well. What do you think of these shows? I think that's
1: a terrible approach. What I do on uh, day one is uh, all the reasons you want to lose weight, and you rehearse them every day forever. Day two is pick two sensible diets so that you'll um, have one to start again if the first one doesn't work out. Day three is learn how to eat sitting down. Day four is giving yourself credit. And this is an incredibly crucial skill for people to do every day while they're dieting and even into when they're maintaining. Every single time they engage in a helpful eating behavior like eating, sitting down, sticking to their plan, eating slowly and mindfully, they need to give themselves credit. You know, just say, hey, that was great. That's really good that I did that. Um, And build up their confidence that they can continue to lose weight.
0: And lastly... Is there anything in the book about this thing called exercise that I've read about? Yes.
1: Toward the end of week one, it helps you figure out how you're going to find enough time to do both diet and exercise and what it really takes is rearranging your life around dieting and exercise instead of just trying to fit diet and exercise into your life. And I talk about two important aspects of Of uh, exercise. One is some kind of planned exercise program, even if it's just walking a few times a week. And then the other part is getting as much spontaneous exercise as you can, really just changing your mindset so that you're always parking as far away in the parking lot as you can, so that if possible that you're taking the stairs instead of the elevator, building in as much spontaneous exercise as you can.
0: 10,000 steps a day is what they all say.
1: That's right. Well,
0: I would like to thank our guest, Dr. Judith Beck, for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you so much.
0: I'm Dr. Larry Kaskin. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. have been talking with Dr. Judith Beck about her new book, The Beck Diet Solution, and I wish you the best of luck with that, and I hope you sell millions of copies. Oh, no, thank you. Because we are overran with an epidemic of obesity, as you're aware of, so perfect timing. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com, and thank you for listening.